clothing fit for the halls of heaven. Next on Times of Refreshing, join us. Isaiah called it the robes of righteousness, and indeed, there are some specific clothing that is to be found for us in Christ, and that's exactly what kind of clothing it is, clothed in Christ. Paul talks about it here in Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 29, looking for some garments, some raiments that are out of this world. Well, you've come to the right place. We've got an exciting look at Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 29 today. Join us as we close out the week with a look at what it means to be clothed in Christ. With today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing now, here's Pastor Napoleon. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 to 29. Look at this. It says, For you are all sons of God, he says, through faith in Christ Jesus. So my sonship is tied to my faith in who? Christ It's not just that we have this, we're all children of God, you know, kind of, you know, lingo that we kind of go. But the Bible is very clear. If we're going to truly become children of God, we have to embrace uh, releasing our faith in Christ Jesus. And as we do this, that's how we begin to start this journey of truly becoming children of the live children of the living God. And obviously we know that repentance is involved in this and developing a relationship and there's other things, but we see very clearly here. He says, for you are all sons of God is through our faith in Christ Jesus for as many as you. And this is the verse I wanted to really hit for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on who Christ, meaning I've lost my identity in Christ. When I identify with Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection, what I'm saying is I'm dying to the old Napoleon Kaufman. Then I might live to the new Napoleon Kaufman in Christ. And what I'm doing is I'm letting go that I might embrace. I'm letting go of something that, that I might embrace something new. I'm letting go of the old Adam that I might embrace the new Adam. And for all of us, we have to realize now my life is wrapped up in him. I'm putting him on just the same way I acted like the old Adam. Now I'm going to begin to act like the who? The new Adam. I'm going to begin to act like Christ. But we have to see this as something that, and I like this. He says, for as many as you have been baptized baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. So I'm putting him on. He's in me, but now I want him to be revealed through me. I want people to see Christ in my day-to-day life. And then I like this because he begins to do, do away with our cultural baggage. And not all of it's bad, but he begins to level the playing field. He says in verse 20, 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor nor free there is neither male nor female for you are all one in who Christ Jesus and if you are Christ 
then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So now not only am I putting on Christ, but through my relationship, I also have access to inheritance. I have access to blessing. I have access to provision. I have access to all the promises of Abraham. Now, me individually, I have access to that through my relationship with Christ. But I have to ask myself, am I putting on Christ? Am I allowing him to be forged in my life? And do I realize the different facets and aspects and dimensions and, 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 you know, ways in which Christ is revealed? When we look at the Bible, we have to study the Bible and realize that, that Christ is not just a lamb. And that's why we have to make sure one of the major things that happens in the body of Christ is we'll get one truth and we'll camp out around that truth. And we will not embrace the fullness. The sum of God's word is truth, the Bible says. And for me to really come to the knowledge of the truth, I have to embrace all that he's revealing. If I just read the Old Testament, I'm not going to get the fullness of the truth of what God's doing until I embrace the New Testament. And I won't understand the New Testament until I embrace what? The Old Testament. And so what happens is all this is working together to lead us to a place of truth. And, the, and, the, and Christ can be found in the book of Genesis. He can be found in the book of Leviticus. He can be found in the book of Proverbs. He can be found in the book of Nehemiah. I mean, he, any book, he's there. Old Testament, New Testament, he's there. All of it is pointing to Christ, but what happens is We'll camp out just a one, around one aspect and we won't embrace the fullness of what God is doing. I said all that to say this. The world has tried to paint Christ as this passive figure that allows uh, filth and perversion and immorality and all kinds of garbage. And one of the things that I believe is going to happen as we approach the end of this age is that we're going to start to realize He's not just coming back, saints, just to receive us as the children of God. He's not just coming back. And I want you guys to hear this, saints. He's not just coming back as this passive figure. And I, and I, and I talked about this earlier this week. You know, Jesus was lied on. He was talked about. He was reviled. He was beaten. He was scourged. He, he, to this day, he, people still slander and blaspheme. Let me just remind you, when Jesus cracks the sky, he's coming to clear his name. Now, having said that, there is a, there is a warfare aspect that we have to embrace as we're putting on Christ that we have to embrace as saints. And we want to be We want to be firm. We want to be loving. We want to be those things. But we also have to realize when you're putting on Christ, there's an aspect that Christ that is a warrior. That you and I as Christians have to embrace. Now, we're not warring according to the flesh. But we're putting on Christ. And as we're putting on Christ, there's an aspect of his nature that the church needs now. We got to get a little lion in us. We got a lot of lamb, but we got to get a little lion in us. And for us, sometimes as Christians, if we don't read our Bible and really know who Jesus is, 
then what happens is we'll allow the world to paint us in this picture, paint this picture of just this aspect of him instead of embracing the fullness of who he is. And sometimes God wants you to roar. God wants you to stand. Sometimes God wants you to, to fight back. Sometimes God wants you to, and I think, and this isn't, this is a holy thing. It's what Jesus did. It's how he functioned. There were moments when Jesus, I mean, it was very clear. I mean, Jesus was not very passive when he made a scourge, walked into the temple and started cleaning the place out. That's an aspect of who he is. Now, if you're always like that, then you got a problem. But there are moments as Christians, and I'm trying to help us get this balance, when God's going to tell you, put your foot in the ground. And that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. There's times when you're going to be moved by the hand of God to put your foot down. And we have to be willing to embrace this as saints of God. But in order to do it, we've got to see something very clearly here in Ephesians chapter 6. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. So we're putting on Christ. But as you're putting on Christ, realize you're not only just putting on Christ, but you're putting on the whole armor of Christ or the whole armor of God. And we're going to see this truth concerning his person revealed in these passages of Scripture and the reason why. It's we're approaching the end of this age. The devil is getting very aggressive. And there's an aspect of who Christ is as he's in our lives, and we're clothed with him, that we have to embrace as saints. Look at verse 10. He says, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He's telling this church at Ephesus to be strong. He's telling them that there is a, there's a, there's the power and there's a might that comes from him that we have to embrace. And for all of us as saints of God, as we're approaching this in this age, we've got to know this stuff. But there's strength that comes from him. He says in verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. He says that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, as we're clothed with Christ, that means that we're also clothed with this aspect of his nature and character. We're clothed with his armor. We're clothed with what made him powerful and successful as he went through his trial upon the earth for our sake. We're clothed with his armor. And we're clothed because the enemy has wiles. The word there, wiles in the Greek, it means systematic forms of attack. The devil systematically finds ways to try to break you and I down, to break the world down, and to infiltrate to, so that he can gain access to our lives and basically take us away from the, the purposes of God. Well, we have to be clothed in Christ, clothed in his armor, so that we're able to navigate through these things and we're not constantly getting hit. I hate seeing people take two steps forward, two steps forward and three steps back. That's not the Christian life. But part of it is because because. We haven't learned how to fight back in a, from a spiritual standpoint against what we're really dealing with when it comes, to, uh, it comes to life. He says in verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And so it's very clear that when we're dealing with life and we have issues and things come up, it's not always just natural saints. 
Sometimes it's a spiritual battle and the enemy is using people the same way God wants to use you. Can I have an amen? But we learn to put on the whole armor of God. We learn to be clothed with Christ and embrace this aspect of his nature. He says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, verse 12, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. He says here, uh, against the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. And so we have to embrace this as Christians, that we are in the midst of a fight. We're in the midst of a fight for our children, for our communities, for our schools. And we don't fight from a worldly standpoint. We don't, we don't go the Occupy Oakland route. God's going to teach us how we fight, and it's a lot different. But we cannot lose sight of this, that we are in a battle, that it is a fight. And that if I'm going to win, I've got to be clothed in Christ, and I have to be clothed in these various aspects of his armor and who he is in my life so that I'm able to be successful. And I will say this. I, I, pre- I preached a message, remember this, Jennifer, years ago, back maybe 2001, called the Blessing Zone. You know, one of the, 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 the toughest things to do is to learn how to stay consistent before God and walk with God when you're on the high mountain. David did not fall into sin with Bathsheba until God had given him rest on every side. And so it's not just the valleys. There's danger also and the mountaintops. But, in, but if we're consistent before God, we can make it in any environment, whether God is blessing us abundantly or whether we're going through trials. The key is, am I clothed with Christ and am I allowing his armor to be revealed in my life? He says here, because ultimately you see in verse 12 that we're, there's principal spirits, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. It's a fight. It's a fight. He says in verse 13, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. He says, stand, therefore. Now, this is the thing that have always interests me about this passage of scripture. And that is. And I've been preaching on this the last year or so talking to you guys about it. One of the things that we have to learn to do as we're clothed in Christ, clothed in the armor is is realize that more than anything else, the devil just wants you to quit. And there has to be something in us that we tell ourselves, we tell the devil, we tell the world that we're going to outlast you. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay faithful in my marriage. I'm going to stay faithful with my, on my job. I'm going to stay faithful with my kids. I'm going to stay faithful in my church. I'm going to stay faithful. I'm not moving. And that's why he tells them, all he tells them to do is do what? That's all he says, stand. Don't quit. Devin doesn't know what to do when you just stand there. I'm standing. But if he can get you to run away and hide and get him out of there, you know, we just got to get him. Then we can forfeit, forfeit purpose and destiny when we start getting on this. Well, maybe the Lord's trying to move me because I'm having problems on my job. No, maybe the Lord's trying to tell you to stand right there and don't move and watch what happens. Can I have an amen? Maybe it's time because I have my marriage. No, just stay right there. Watch what happens. 
We're not moving. Stay right there. Pastor Napoleon wants you just moving. Get out of here. These re- No, I'm not going nowhere. I'm right here. Devil is a lie. But this is, this is the point you are, you are. I want you to see the key is, are we just willing to stand? Then he says, as you stand, he says, you're, stand, you're standing, but you're clothed in Christ or you're clothed in his armor. Watch what he says here. He says, he says in verse 13, let's read it again. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you will be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, he says to stand. He says, stand, therefore, he says, having girded your waist with what? Truth. This is the first thing that we have to embrace about our walk with Christ. And that is, not only does Christ reveal the truth to us, not only does he teach us about the truth, not, does he, that it, not only does he expose us to the truth, but the Bible says he is the truth. And as you're clothed in him, you're, you're going to gain access to that which is true. And our job is to stand, embracing that truth, allowing truth to not just to become revealed to us, but to be revealed through us. And this is key. I don't want just truth to be revealed to me. I want truth to be revealed through me. Because I've put on Christ and I'm embracing this aspect of who he is. And just your, now watch this, saints, just your very presence can cause a shift in the change. Just you being on the scene or in an atmosphere or in a place and people knowing that not only do you know the truth, but you're living a lifestyle that's different than, than, than people are, are accustomed to, it causes something to shift in them. Have you ever walked in a room and there was a bunch of gibberish going on and you walked in and everybody, shh, shh, uh-oh, preacher's here. You didn't have to say anything. But just your very presence. Why? Because when you have Christ who is the truth in your life, it has the ability to make manifest or expose the things of darkness. And it's not just what you're saying, but it's who is upon you that makes the difference. And for us, we want to embrace this of, uh, about who God is making us and what he's forging in our lives. He's not just revealing the truth to us. He's revealing the truth through us as he changes our lives and he's getting us going in a certain direction. He says here, therefore, he says, stand therefore, having gird, gird your waist with truth. He says, having put on the breastplate of what? Righteousness. Christ Jesus does not just make us righteous. He is our righteousness. And we have to embrace this. I was just looking at this in the book of 1 Corinthians. He's not, he doesn't just reveal righteousness to us. But he becomes our righteousness as we embrace him. And then that righteousness is forged in our lives on a day-to-day basis. Well, this, whether you and I realize it or not, is the armor, part of the armor of God. He's clothing you in righteousness. He's causing righteousness to be revealed in your life. And as you live a righteous life, it pushes back the, 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 uh, uh, the enemy's forces and deceptions and schemes. And as you stand in righteousness, as you just stand in righteousness... 
It affects change and it, and it has an impression upon people. We have to embrace this aspect of who Christ is, of what Christ is doing in our lives and who he's making us. He wants us to live righteously as he has placed his righteousness in our lives. And so for all of us here, we have to embrace us. And it's just a matter of standing in that. Things may be going on in your home, maybe in your marriage, on your job, in life. Things happen. But will you, will you, will you straddle the fence or will you take the righteous stand? Now I'm standing with righteousness on this one. And ultimately, God will fight our battles and will win the wars if we're willing to do that. But what happens to people is we, we start compromising. The enemy starts putting pressure. You guys are being unloving and un- you're not inclusive. What does that mean, though? You have to define, does that mean that I have to compromise God's holy standard? Because if that's the case, then it's not going to happen. And I think what we have to do is we have to see how God, he's looking for just for people to be clothed in Christ to be clothed in his armor and being willing to just stand. But you see it all the time. People will stand for a while, but if the enemy puts enough pressure on them, then they start cowering back. Why, well, you know, you know, we, we can't do that, you know. But there's a place when you understand your environment where God says, okay, you're going to stand with this. I can't control what everybody else is doing, but I will stand And I'm going to stand clothed in Christ. Can I have an amen? He says this. He says in verse 14. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Having shod your feet with the the preparation of the gospel of peace. The key word here is preparation. Preparation. A lot of times we think about the gospel of peace. But what the, the weapon is. Is preparation. It's preparation of the gospel of peace. So when I get prepared, being prepared is a weapon. Can I have an amen? That means I study my Bible. I know what the gospel is. I know what Jesus did. I know what he said. I know how he lived. I know his nature. And as I prepared myself with the gospel of peace, then that becomes a weapon. And it causes me to be able to stand in the midst of maybe awkward situations where people will try to trip me up on what God says. Have you ever had a Jehovah's Witness job knock on your door? Now, let me say this to you. They know their stuff. You better know your stuff. Can I have an amen? If you're going to open the door, now some of y'all don't even open the door, y'all. Me no home. Me no home. I'm not here. Saints, what I'm saying is, is this. You have to, all of us have to be prepared with the gospel of peace. As we are prepared, it causes us to be able to stand and withstand against the attacks that may come our way. And in moments when people try to confuse us with who Jesus is. Let me say this to you. (laughs) Right now, from a, a global standpoint, just the spirit of this age standpoint, the devil is trying to redefine who Jesus is. Let me say this. I've been watching this closely for the last maybe 10 years, just watching it. Well, Jesus wouldn't do that. Jesus would just, Jesus would do this and Jesus would that, do that and, 
Have you read your Bible? No, but I just know that Jesus wouldn't do that. He, he wasn't that type of guy. And the enemy's trying to redefine who Jesus is. That's why we have to be prepared with the gospel of peace so that we understand who, who Jesus really is and what he would do and what he does and what he's doing. Because the world is trying to redefine him. Watch it, saints. Watch it. So preparation for us is so important, and it is, it is a weapon. A production of the Well Christian Community, this has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. Now, there are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925-292-7800. You're also welcome to write to us. Address your envelope to the Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California, the zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address, at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word, at Napoleon Kaufman. We thank you for spending time with us again today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue looking at God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding. 